from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On the show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. To get this show every day, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. For the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed, at LockedOnNBANet. It's an awesome way to get all of the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency, at LockedOnNBANet. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about the Giants' 2 to nothing loss to the Rockies last night. Disappointing game. Giants could not muster anything offensively. Very strange game for Drew Pomeranz, who had 11 strikeouts in five innings, but allowed one home run, and it was one too many. Uh, One run would have been enough, but it was a two-run homer. So we'll talk about his very strange season on this show today, and we'll also address the Giants' offense as a whole, and just kind of their veteran core, and how overall as a unit, they're very much underperforming and locked up long-term. So I'm going to go on a little soapbox about the state of this team and how they're in a really tough position with all of these long-term, locked-up, declining, underperforming veterans. But first, we'll talk about their record. With the loss, the Giants fell to 33-44. and 44. They're 19 and a half games back in the National League West, 7 and a half games out of a wildcard spot. They have a minus 92 run differential, which is still by far the worst in the National League. That run differential has an expected win-loss record of 29-48. and 48. So getting into the game itself, there isn't really much to say other than Drew Pomeranz had a really weird, interesting start. Alex Dickerson back in the lineup, this time batting second. He had batted seventh the first few games that he played. Honestly, it was probably a good thing that Joe Panic was bumped out of the top of the lineup. I had just been thinking about how he didn't really belong there given that he's not doing well offensively. So Yastrzemski was batting first, Dickerson second, Posey third, Sandoval fourth. So no belt in the starting lineup. But it was honestly good to see Yastrzemski and Dickerson at the top of the lineup because they are kind of like the only two guys in the lineup besides maybe Pilar right now because he's been on fire lately who inspire any sort of confidence and whose at-bats are any kind of interesting right now for the Giants. And I think that that's worth getting into a little more because the fact is that Who are the interesting players on the Giants right now? It's only guys who Farhan Zaidi has brought in and not the guys who he inherited. The Posies, Longorias, Panics of the world are just not getting it done. Brandon Crawford definitely throw his name into that hat as well. So all of a sudden, there's two guys you look forward to there at bats, and it's Yastrzemski and Dickerson. So A, we need to take another step back and realize it's very difficult to find good players that teams will give up for nothing. So Farhan Zaidi has an extremely difficult task because it's not like they have a ton of trade chips. They might have one big trade chip right now in Will Smith. But other than that, all of these guys he's been tasked with acquiring, they've had to be extremely creative and make trades and buy low on some people. 
So it's it's not an easy task at all ahead of him, especially given all of these players who are underperforming are locked up generally through 2021. Posey, Longoria is 2022, Crawford, Samarja, Cueto. Samarja's only 2020. But man, these these contracts are really holding them back. And it's not like they have a bunch of good minor leaguers beating down the door ready to take over these positions. But if they weren't stuck with Longoria and Crawford and Samarja, just to name a few, and I you know, I would throw Posey into that mix as well. He he kind of belongs right now at the bottom of a lineup and providing value defensively as a catcher. But if he's hitting in the middle of your lineup and you're relying on him to be that big offensive piece in the middle of your lineup, I mean, that's what they've been doing, and it just absolutely is not getting it done right now. And that's tough to see. I mean, earlier in the season, Posey's swings looked much better. He was looking like he might be able to have a big rebound season after he had to cut his 2018 short with hip surgery. But something is up. Like, I don't know if his hip is bothering him again. It definitely wouldn't surprise me because he is a guy who will not be open about if he's having an injury. But to me, his swing just looks like underwater type slow right now. And it's painful to watch. He's late on pitches pretty much every at bat. He gets fastballs that are hittable and he fouls them off to the right side. Like he just can't even catch up to the the average fastball anymore. All told, he's hitting 239 with a 299 on base percentage and a 370 slugging. So that's about 20% below average offensively. In his career, Posey's been 30% above average offensively. So this is just a huge drop-off and a huge reason why the Giants are where they are right now in the standings. And with that depressing minus 90-plus run differential, still providing value as a defensive catcher, but that's pretty much all he's providing at this point in time. So not saying that, I mean, if... Honestly, it, you might want to have a platoon situation where Posey's playing only against left-handed pitching and Vote is in there against right-handed pitching. I think you might be getting more offensively out of Vote at this point in time. And then I'll repeat this. The idea of, oh, well, Posey just needs to stop being the catcher and move him to first base. This level of offense is not going to play at first base. The only thing keeping him capable of even being in a major league lineup right now is the fact that he's providing a ton of value as a defensive catcher. But trust me, you cannot hit 239 with under 300 on base and sub 400 slugging and play first base. Tremendous career for Buster Posey. It's not over yet necessarily. He's only 32 years old, but it's very troubling to see what we're seeing right now from him. And it would be one thing if he was the only guy kind of falling into this category, but the Giants have several of this this type of player right now. Posey, of course, signed through 2021, so two more years guaranteed after 2019. Brandon Crawford also signed through 2021, 40% below average offensively right now on the season. Evan Longoria signed through 2022, about 15% below average offensively, and that's where he was last year as well. He's been good defensively, but man, you just can't have across the board below average offense coming from these guys who are getting paid a ton of money. It's just a disastrous situation. And the fact that they're they're signed for multiple years after 2019, it's only going to get worse because age, there is a decline curve. And so the, you would expect them to continue to get worse. Want to talk about Joe Panic as well. There's like a this is where the old school versus the new school can really come into play. Like a lot of old school people love a player like Joe Panic. They think that the swing that's built for batting average is like the best thing ever. And 
last night on the broadcast, they're talking all about how it was shocking that Joe Panic had a really rough road trip because with that swing, he could roll out of bed and hit 280, quote unquote. But as you know, if you know me, you know that you know batting average is not really the direction we're going to go in terms of hitter analysis on the show. Because you can hit 280 all you want, but if you have no power and you're not really walking either, you can very much be a below average player or just not a very good player and hit quote unquote 280. But for Panic, it's just not happening right now. And last year it was more of the same. He was about 25% below average offensively last year, and that's exactly what's happening again this year. I will also point out that remember who had a great spring training? It was Joe Panic. So every single year, people want to talk about spring training numbers as if they're relevant, and every single year they're not relevant at all. But I guarantee you, the same people who were announcing that Panic was going to have a huge rebound season because he had a great spring are going to do the same thing for some other player next spring. It's shocking that we don't learn our lesson from this, but he's pretty much having the exact same season that he had last year when it was very disappointing. So no, I guess that spring training hot streak wasn't relevant to his 2019 success. Like Longoria, like Crawford, like Posey, not providing any offensive value, but yes, providing some positive defensive value. But at a certain point, someone like Panic is a guy who is expendable because he's actually one of the few guys who are not locked up long-term. He is arbitration eligible. And I do wonder if he will be tendered a contract in the offseason. If this type of mediocrity, below average offense by a, lo- by a lot, continues, then there's a very good chance that they're just going to have to move on and try to go another direction. Because like we've seen with Yastrzemski and Dickerson, they're capable of just finding guys who have some upside and trying them out. And I think that that would be a better thing to do. At some point, you're going to have to do that with the infield as well. Because you can't just go the next three years with Belt, Panic, Crawford, Longoria. Like, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. And we're already witnessing that disaster. But at some point, they're going to have to just pull the plug and try other guys because this collection of players is just simply not getting the job done. Coming up on the next half of the show, I want to talk a little more about this, maybe move to the positive, look at Yastrzemski and Dickerson and what, why I think they're a lot, they have a lot more positive attributes than what we're seeing from the infield right now. And also want to talk about this really weird start and season for Drew Pomeranz. So that's all coming up next, but first. Okay, so as promised, we'll talk about uh, Mike Yastrzemski and Alex Dickerson, why they're more positive than what the rest of the Giants are doing right now and then Drew Pomeranz. So the beauty of an Alex Dickerson, Mike Yastrzemski, even Tyler Austin and Kevin Pillar is that you're not not locked up to high dollar amounts in a long-term situation. They have upside, but they're not going to hold you back if they don't perform. So pretty much all of the moves that Farhan Zaidi has made, none of them have tied the Giants up into a, a worse longer-term situation. And that's what the Giants did by acquiring... Andrew McCutcheon and Evan Longoria ahead of the 2018 season. They totally hamstrung themselves for future seasons at the expense of, what, one attempt at mediocrity in 2018? They would love to have Brian Reynolds, who just continues to do well for the Pirates right now. They gave him up in the McCutcheon deal. They would love to have Kyle Crick, who's doing well out of the bullpen in Pittsburgh. They would love to have Christian Arroyo. They would love to not be stuck with the commitment years-wise and dollars-wise to Evan Longoria. But all the moves that Zaidi has made have done nothing to 
hurt them in the long term. There's upside in the present and no harm in the future. I mean, maybe the one exception is the 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 few trades they've made have been very much not high profile trades like Franklin Van Gerp, Alan Hansen, Derek Law, you know, some other names as well, but that's going to continue to be the theme and they're just going to get more and more and more flexibility as Farhan Zaidi is able to make more and more moves. But in the meantime, man, those those Bobby Evans, Brian Sabian deals and contracts and trades are just really hurting them right now. Moving on to Drew Pomeranz, another guy Farhan Zaidi acquired, but for like $2 million in one season. We've talked multiple times about why he was a worthwhile gamble. Very good performer from 2014 all the way through 2017. He had one of the best ERAs in that stretch of any pitcher. Peripherals were always a little bit higher, but still good. And he kind of blew up last year in 2018, and so he was able to be had for a very cheap price. And and it, again, it was a one-year situation. So if it doesn't work out, it doesn't hurt you at all. But if it does work out, you have a massive bargain on your hands. So no harm, no foul with Drew Pomeranz. And he also was just eating up some innings that they would have to get from somebody. You know, eventually, if it continues down this road, they'll give those innings to someone like Connor Menez or whoever maybe they acquire in a trade for one of their veterans like Will Smith. But in the meantime, I have no problem with the Drew Pomeranz signing does nothing to hurt them in 2019, except in his starts, it hasn't gone so well. But even if it had, they would be like maybe a win or two better if they had someone really performing out of that spot as opposed to Pomeranz. So it doesn't actually make a difference in terms of the 2019 season. But so Drew Pomeranz had 11 strikeouts tying a career high in only five innings last night. He did allow another home run. So that's his big problem this year has been home runs. He's already allowed 15, and he's allowing 2.31 home runs per nine innings. It's just impossible to be good with a home run rate that's that high. His home run to fly ball ratio is 24.2%, which is the second highest in MLB with a minimum of 50 innings pitched. So he's like a fly ball pitcher, and if you're allowing a quarter of your fly balls to be home runs, it's just impossible to be good. But Home run to fly ball ratio is something we generally can look at as a relatively luck indicated stat because it takes a long time to stabilize. So for his career, that home run to fly ball ratio is just 13%. So it's essentially double that right now. Yes, that could have very much could have something to do with the fact that the home run rate across baseball is way up. And so a fly ball pitcher in a high home run environment could just be a recipe for disaster coupled with some decline maybe for Pomeranz. But home runs were way up in 2017 as well across baseball, and he had just a 0.98 home runs per nine that year, allowing home runs on just 11% of his fly balls, so way more than double that this season. He's also allowing hits on balls in play 36.6% of the time, when in his career it's only 29.8% of the time. So in the two kind of main luck indicators, Pomerantz is way over the top on the unlucky range. I don't attribute it all to luck, but definitely there's some luck involved. And if you look at the projections for Pomeranz moving forward, they're much more reasonable than what his numbers have been so far this year. They view him as league average or slightly better than league average and projecting forward versus where he's been. He's got a 6.79 ERA, so he's been terrible. His strikeout rate of 25.3% is the highest it's been since 2016. So he's really having like a rebound year in some ways and then just totally collapsing in some other ways, specifically with home runs. Walk rate is also too high at 10.1%, allowing 
4.32 walks per nine innings. But there's some intrigue. And if he could just throw together like three or four starts where he only allows, you know, zero or one home runs, I think we would see a lot better results from him. So I don't know what they'll do. He's on the one-year deal. So it's like you could just get rid of him or you could just keep running him out there. It doesn't really matter. There's clearly like upside for more than what we've seen. He's, you know, you don't, you don't just strike out almost 11 guys per nine innings and be terrible usually. Usually like there's some, if you're striking a lot of people out, you've got some talent and we generally see better results than worst pitcher in the league, which is kind of what we're seeing from him right now. Anyway, that's kind of my spiel. Just really stood out yesterday that the lineup is full of guys who are depressing to watch. And then the two guys who have some intrigue are guys that Farhan Zaidi acquired, specifically targeted in trades. Yastrzemski hit a nice opposite field double in the game last night. Joe Panic thrown out at home plate trying to score with two outs. But it, it was a nice hit for Yastrzemski. Dickerson, I don't know if I already said this, but he had a single in his first at-bat of the game. And then he was double switched for, which I am not a huge fan of taking him out, given that he's one of the only guys having good at-bats right now for them. Anyway, coming up tonight, the Giants will take on the Rockies again in game two of this three-game series. It'll be Madison Bumgarner on the mound again for the Giants. Each start, huge for him in terms of his trade value. Hopefully he can just rebound and have a dominant outing because he is really trending in the wrong direction here the last few outings. Chichi Gonzalez on the mound for the Rockies. He hasn't played in the major league since 2016, but here he is back again 2019. We will be back with another episode tomorrow to talk about this game tonight. Remember, to get this show every single weekday, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review or rating the show wherever it is you're listening. Cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow, and until then, we'll see you next time. 